welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Talent. I'm once again, I think I say this every single time, uh, joined by Joe. Joe, hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good. Um, for this uh, week's episode, I wanted to tackle subjects of alumni. Okay, um, cool. Seems to be coming up more and more. I've been at a few conferences recently, people are talking about the importance of alumni. Yeah. Um, so with that, my first question I want to throw at you this week mm-hmm. is, why do you think, uh, or if you do, alumni are you know, really important for organisations? Well, I think there's two types of alumni. I think there's the internal, and we're seeing a lot of our clients starting to create communities yep. internally. So communities of people where they have the same role um, or the same skills, and getting people to sort of use self-directed learning. Mm-hmm. to help each other through their careers. So I think there's that kind of community spirit. Yeah. Um, I think they're, they're really valuable because I think they spread um, engagement, they spread knowledge. Are they quite common? I think they're becoming more common. Yeah. So we've seen, working with um, King's College at the moment, and they've created um, internal communities. Yeah. So they've created like an EA network, they've created a data network, and they're, they're slowly taking off. I think some mm. are faster than others. Um, and the great thing about theirs is that they are um, self-managed. So they've not got to put a lot of resource around bringing you know, somebody to um, lead it. It's sponsored by you know a director ahead. Um, but it, the, the premise of it is to get you know the EA network to you know collaborate more. So there's a, yeah. there's a kind of there's a there's a I suppose a value driven in that, um, but also to start spreading knowledge and experience and um, community. So I think there's that type of a network, and I think that's really um, useful. Yeah. Um, I think there's the external network. So. Um, when you think about the employee life cycle, you sort of have the sort of exit sign or the yeah, moving yeah, on yeah. sign. And you see, you see that um, like Deloitte, I mean, Deloitte's quite famous for of cutting their recruitment um, by about 80% their costs of recruitment because they get most of their referral and, their, and they use their alumni to get, um, to hire their new people. Um, so they've been able to have like an internal um, department set up for headhunting, those kind of big mm. roles. But a lot of their main consultants are hired through the alumni network. And that, for me, is really valuable because it saves cost. Yeah. Admin, you know, internal structure that you, yeah. that you don't need. Um, but also who the biggest advocates of your business are leaving. And you want people to be good leavers. Mm. Then why not? You know, when they're down the pub talking to somebody or having dinner with friends and they're going, what was it like to work at, I don't know, King's or Deloitte or Channel 4? You know, I still, even though Channel 4 hasn't got an alumni, I would say it was one of the best places I ever worked. Yeah, yeah So yeah. the halo effect... Totally. ...on sort of internal and external brand, I think is worth its weight in gold um, for businesses going forward. And I think if you're not starting to think in that way, then... I think you're missing a trick. I was going to say, why do you think a lot of companies aren't? Because I think they see it as a, a bit of a hassle and a lot of extra work. And I think there's a big question about who owns it. Yeah. So if you look at 
um, a university, for example, they will have a massive alumni network. So Bournemouth, where I went, still contacts me mm. um, to see could I do a could I come and talk to my last course or you know someone's thinking about going there would I um, so student services so the universities are really great at doing that from a student services but they're not necessarily not necessarily good at doing that on a professional services yeah. um, background um, or approach and I think who where you know I think a lot of organizations aren't sure how to do it and they try and go so big and they don't keep it simple and where, you know, they, they think, where does it need to sit? You know, does it sit within HR? Um, is it an operational? Does it sit with actually recruitment and creating yeah. talent pools and talent communities? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, does it sit in a talent management function? Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, I think it sits in... I was going to say, what are your thoughts on, on I that? think it sits in a talent... Ma- I, I owned it when I was at Talk Talk. Yeah. Um, and I think I sort of co-owned it with the head of HR operations. So the admin of it, in terms of complying with GDPR now and all, you know, the sort of regulation yeah. should sit in operations. But the way it links through to recruitment in terms of talent communities, talent pipe, you know, um, talent pools, yeah. I think sits within a talent function because you all, as a director of talent, you're looking at the, you know, the first entry point, the pre-life, the early life experience, and the in-life experience, if you can join all of that up, then you can help make that person's journey really memorable. Totally. And I guess um, in the the future of work, where the one company career is going to become less and less and less. I remember a recent roundtable that we did, um, I can't remember who it was, but someone was saying that it's not necessarily a bad thing for people to leave. If they can't develop their Great. skills at the moment, yeah. then what's wrong with them moving somewhere else to come back? I think it was better and, to deliver room. Yeah, so what, you're going to see more in the future where people will have maybe three stints at a company, which again shows why that alumni is going to be so important to get them back. Well, we always used to joke when I worked in media, so you know, you had the sort of BBC Channel 4 and ITV, not so much Channel 5, we're in this kind of group, but we used to call it the revolving door. That people <laughs> used to leave the BBC to get a better job at Channel 4 or ITV, and then when they got the better job, they then come back in an even yeah. better job. And there was tons of people that used to do that in, in the sort of professional services side. I mean, I did that. Mm. Well, um, people aren't necessarily leaving because they're unhappy. No. They just feel they can't get to the next stage of their career at that moment in time because someone may already be in that in that role. Exactly, and it's it goes back to that kind of career pathways and what experience. So there's a lot of... Um, I was talking to uh, one of the director of talent at Canby the other day, and we were talking about kind of careers and everything, and he was telling about a project that we were doing, and he was saying that careers are like jigsaw puzzles. Mm. And I thought it was a really nice analogy because he was talking about that it's about finding the different... Um, elements of your jigsaw and your jigsaw is made up of lots of different pieces yeah and sometimes you start with your career around the edges then you sort of um, some people start in the middle and they kind of move out yeah and I just thought it was a really nice way of kind of looking at that mm, kind of future totally work. totally um I mean the other thing that I, the other analogy that I quite like is that kind of the sort of rental market I think we, I've said that to you before you know, before when you know when I was when I started my career, I started at the BBC and I had seven years there and I had four different jobs and then I left. 
And I remember my dad saying to me at the time, you know, why did you leave? You could have, you know, you could have got your gold watch at, you know, 25 years and all of that sort of thing. And I wanted, I wanted more um, from a, from a career. So the other analogy that I like to think about is the kind of um, buy to let market. Right. So I think that careers are much more rental. Okay. So I always said to my team, I am lucky to have you for the time that I have you. My job is to, to send you on your way in the most positive way with the best skills, with the right attributes and the right behaviours. Yeah. And that was my role as a, as a leader. Nice. Too many people think that are protectionist about their talents. And that's the buy market, which is I'm going to buy a house, I'm going to stay in it for years and years. And I and you know I'm only going to sell it when I have want to have kids yeah, or yeah, I kind of yeah. get retire. Whereas careers are much more rental. I'm 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 renting you for the time, and I, and it's my job to make sure that you're the that you can get I can that you're the best that you possibly can be at the end. In the same way as when you you know you rent off a landlord, you don't go to trash the place. You mm. leave it in a, in a good way because you want a good reference and you want your deposit back. Totally, totally. But I guess we need more managers to be thinking that way. I think in the startups there, I think if you mm. talk, you know, I was talking recently to the HRD of Eve Mattresses, and she's, you know, was thinking exactly in that way. We're doing a round table yeah. um, with um, the people director of Not On The High Street in a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks' time, and she's thinking about it in that way. So I think we can, I think biz, big businesses, you know, the sort of, 5,000 and up can learn a lot from startups yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the way that they're much, they do look at it in a more agile way because they want to get, you know, five years in two. That's what we used to say yeah. at Talk Talk. We'll give you five years experience, but we'll give it to you in two years. And then you've done everything that you can for us and we're going to, our job is to um, give you the skills and everything yeah. I just said. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we're going to have to. Because there's more people, I don't know what the stat is, you probably can tell me, but there's lots of stats that now, sort of Generation um, Z, are going to have, I think it's about 20 different jobs in their lifetime. Right, yeah. And oh, you, yeah absolutely. And, and if you think it. about that, that's quite exhausting. And there's a big percentage of people coming out of university now who actually don't even want to work for companies. So if we're, we're, we're potentially in danger of, if we look at it too much like a buy market, of um, not being attractive to those people that do want that flexibility and do that agility and they want to do a great job and they want to feel that they've got given purpose and they've got a career and they're learning all of those skills. If you don't start capturing those people through alumni and harnessing that, then you're starting from zero again every time you need to recruit somebody. Agreed, 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 agreed. So if if um, if I'm listening to this now and I'm a, a talent leader, which is where we, we think the alumni should sit, um, how can I go about influence influencing the business to really take this seriously? I always... Uh, I think you have to start with data. So I think you have to start at attrition, look at your attrition figures, look at your internal mobility figures, look at um, where your talent is coming from. So are you um, paying a lot of money for advertising? Mm -hmm. um, look at your social, 
So think about LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, how you're using, you know, how you how your recruitment team are using LinkedIn Recruiter. Are there particular troublesome spots that you could um, pilot? Yeah. So at Talk Talk, we needed to hire a lot of digital talent. So we did some digital events. We did some hackathons. Um, we did. We went to areas um, like the Silicon Valley Milk Round. Mm-hmm. We was quite strategic in the way that we use the data to highlight the elements that would work within that and then we built the sort of talent pools and communities yeah, from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's about getting the business on side with a tangible problem that you're going that you're able to help them solve and then evaluating it and getting some um, advocacy and then building it out. And I think that's what you know, the Kings have done. Um, think that a lot of other businesses are starting to to do that but I think if you go too big you will lose the head and the heart mm-hmm. and people will get confused so start it with something that you can tangibly see you've made a difference yeah, on, yeah, yeah. and then you'll win you'll win your hearts and minds and you'll be able to you'll be able to build it out yeah makes sense Joe that's fantastic thank you very much once again um, and thank you to everyone who's, uh, who's downloaded. So um, we really appreciate it as always. Um, we'll be back again in a couple of weeks, um, again, tackling more topics. Um, if you want to listen to any of our archived podcasts, do check out uh, the website. We've got a whole library now, um, probably about 20 plus podcasts in there. So wow. uh, go, go in. We cover a number of themes. So, um, yeah, please, please have a look if you haven't done so already. Uh, So until next time, uh, we'll speak to you soon.